And thank you for listening to today's episode of JTCast, the official podcast of the Journal of Athletic Training. I'm your host, Luke Donovan. This month, we'll discuss two articles over two short episodes from the most recent issue of the Journal of Athletic Training. In the first episode, I will discuss the ankle range of motion and joint laxity in patients following an acute ankle sprain. In the second episode, I will explore the findings of a study that characterized the underlying neural substrate of injury-related fear in patients after ACL reconstruction. As a reminder, the article discussed today can be found on the JAT website, natajournals.org. And please remember that all content from JAT is open access to all readers thanks to the funding from the National Athletic Trainers Association. The title of the first article is Identifying Range of Motion Deficits and Talocrural Joint Laxity After an Acute Lateral Ankle Sprain, authored by Dr. Bethany Wistoff and colleagues from the University of Delaware and Indiana University. Let's survey the scene. Ankle sprains are one of the most common muscle skeletal injuries to occur among sporting athletes and recreationally active individuals. The annual direct cost for treating an ankle sprain is approximately $1,000 US dollars. Depending on the sport or activity, anywhere from 20 to 75% of patients who sustained an ankle sprain develop a condition known as chronic ankle instability, or CAI. Patients with CAI experience repetitive ankle sprains and or bouts of instability. Furthermore, patients with CAI often report decreased health-related quality of life and are at a greater risk of developing ankle osteoarthritis when compared to individuals with no history of spraining their ankle. Despite the financial and health-related consequences, nearly half of individuals who sustain an acute ankle sprain return to full activity in less than 24 hours after the injury, and nearly uh, 97% of individuals return to sport within 21 days. Ankle dorsiflexion range of motion and talocrural joint laxity have been previously reported to be indicators of future ankle injuries. To date, there have been multiple studies assessing ankle range of motion and laxity following acute ankle sprains. Generally, these studies have found alterations in both range of motion and laxity following ankle sprains. However, none of these studies assess patients beyond an eight-week time period from the initial injury. Having an understanding of how ankle range of motion and laxity changes over the course of recovery that extends well into the maturation phase of healing may provide additional insight to developing rehabilitation and return to sport plans for patients following an acute ankle injury. Therefore, the purpose of this study was to compare mechanical laxity of the talocrural joint and dorsiflexion range of motion in a college-age population over a six-month time period after an acute ankle sprain. 55 individuals with an acute ankle sprain and 53 individuals with no ankle sprain history were included in this study. Each participant in the ankle sprain group had their dorsiflexion range of motion and ankle laxity by way of stress ultrasound measured 24 to 72 hours after the injury, between 2 to 4 weeks after the initial injury, and 6 months after the initial injury. In addition to these measures, participants also completed a general health history form, three ankle-specific surveys, and had their ankle girth measured at each time point. The healthy control group completed the same measures, but only at the six-month time point. Ankle range of motion was quantified using standard goniometry for dorsiflexion, as well as the weight-bearing lunge test. Ankle laxity was assessed by measuring the distance between the talus and fibula, visualized using a diagnostic ultrasound machine, when the talocrural joint was under no stress, 
and both an anterior drawer and inversion stress. Members of the ankle sprain group were also categorized into one of the following subgroups based off of ankle sprain severity. These subgroups were grade 1, grade 2, and grade 3 ankle sprains, which were determined using standardized measures of girth, range of motion, and laxity. Each variable was compared within the ankle group over time, between the ankle sprain and control groups, between ankles within the ankle sprain group, and between ankle sprain severity subgroups. Here are the results. Within the ankle sprain group, 38% were classified as having grade 1, 49% classified as having a grade 2, and 13% were classified as having a grade 3 ankle sprain. When comparing measurements across time within the ankle sprain group, ankle girth decreased over each time point. Dorsiflexion range of motion increased over each time point. For laxity, there were small differences between the 24 to 72 hour and the 2 to 4 week time points for only the inversion stress length measure. Specifically, the distance between the talus and fibula was about 1 millimeter longer during inversion stress at the 24 to 72 hour time point when compared to the 2 to 4 week time point. All scores on the ankle-specific surveys that assessed ankle function and instability improved over time. When comparing the healthy control group to the ankle sprain group at 6 months, there was no difference in limb girth. Dorsiflexion measures did not differ either between groups. However, three of the four ankle laxity measurements were greater in the ankle sprain group. Finally, members of the ankle sprain group reported worse ankle function across each survey when compared to the healthy control group. When the ankle sprain group was stratified by severity, the study found that individuals with grade 3 sprains had greater impairments in self-reported function, dorsiflexion range of motion, and ankle laxity. The differences in ankle laxity was no longer statistically significant at the 6-month time point. In summary, this was the first study to quantify patient-reported function, ankle girth, ankle dorsiflexion range of motion, and ankle laxity using stress ultrasound across a six-month time interval following an acute ankle sprain, all of which was compared to a healthy control group. The finding of this study clearly shows that impairments that are synonymous with ongoing healing still exist six months after an acute ankle sprain. Considering the differences between groups, clinicians are urged to continuously assess self-reported function, dorsiflexion range of motion, and ankle laxity over time and even after the patient has returned to activity. The continued evaluation should inform rehabilitation and return-to-play decisions. Future investigations should continue to track the changes of these measures for a period that extends beyond six months and to determine which interventions and return-to-sport criteria best promote full recovery from an ankle sprain and avoids future development of chronic ankle instability. Well, that's it for today's JAT cast. Please remember to rate and subscribe to the podcast, which is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Stitcher. You can find out more information about upcoming podcasts and other JAT events on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts at JAT underscore NATA. Thank you for listening and keep a lookout for our next JAT cast episode. Mm-hmm.